You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. It's 23 minutes after 4 o'clock in conversation next with Chief Economist, economist at uh, Stenlip, Kevin Links. So South Africa has dodged a technical recession following the growth of a GDP by 0.4% in the first quarter of 2023. GDP contracted by 1.1% in the last quarter of 2022, sparking fears of a technical recession. The growth comes as load shedding continues to lead to many businesses shutting down as production cost um, increases. The growth has been driven mainly by manufacturing transport, storage, uh, communication, as well as the construction industry. Kevin Links now joining us on the line. Kevin, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us. How was it that these industries were able to push us to uh, well push us out of the red zone of a possible technical recession, considering that we had experienced the, low, the worst load shedding during that period? Hi, Aldrin. Uh, that's a very good question. It's not exactly clear, to be honest. Um, Most of the improvement in the data came through in March. So if we look at the January and February data, it was was weak. At that point, we were certainly expecting that South Africa would have a technical recession. But then uh, certainly manufacturing, mining activity all improved in March. Some of that uh, was base effects. In other words, the activity had been particularly weak in the preceding five months and there was some some revival off that base. There was also quite a lot of additional spending that went into energy procurement at uh, the business level. In other words, additional diesel, uh, people are putting solar panels in place. That seemed to help a little bit. And then in addition, there was some improvement, particularly in food production. Uh, there had been some previous supply problems and that came back a bit. So um, I don't think it's indicative of a a trend, a turnaround, a revival of the South African economy. I think it was more a once-off in the month of March. And unfortunately, the data subsequent to that has actually got worse again. So I think we're going to be in for a, a tough time ahead for the next couple of quarters. Sure. Um, so will we meet the targets that um, the Reserve Bank um, is forecasting in terms of economic growth? Well, we've got at this stage 0.1% growth for the year as a whole. <laughs> if that's a target, that's not a great, great outcome, but I suppose mm-hmm. it's better than a zero number. I think the more important target is that National Treasury, when they set the budget, they had a growth rate that was closer to 1%. And, and obviously, if we're not able to achieve even 1%, then there are some difficulties that are likely to arise. The one is tax revenue collection starts to underperform. And we've seen some of that uh, in April where uh, the VAT collection wasn't great. And so that's likely to intensify and perhaps become a bit more problematic. And I think in in other areas um, where you're measuring, say, debt to GDP, if your GDP is not growing, then your your debt metrics look worse. So I don't think we're going to get to to that one percent. And at the start, if I I went back and had a look at what people were forecasting at the end of last year, beginning of this year, and and most economists were up at around that one percent level, some slightly ahead of that. Those have all been revised down to essentially around the zero percent. So a significant down would revision over the last couple of months. Then there's, of course, the RAND. So, so, so the RAND is obviously got some benefits in terms of export proceeds. 
and it and it is to some extent providing a, a cushion for for the mining sector and mining revenue but overall i would say it's net negative because we become a lot more import intensive we seen more evidence of um, imported inflation, and the Reserve Bank has now been flagging that more aggressively, and I think it's going to result in another interest rate hike. And so we've, we, we actually are feeling the pain of that in terms of the cost of living pressure and undermining consumer activity. Yeah, and actually the Reserve Bank Governor appeared before uh, finance, before Parliament's Standing Committee on Finance and he said that, listen, we don't want to see people lose their homes, but unfortunately we're in a very um, a tricky situation that we are currently facing and the only tool that we have at our disposal is, of course, in response to um, the increasing the, rep- the, 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 the repo rate. But he again seems to put the emphasis on it is the state that must fix things. So I think when it comes to the criticism around what interest rates do to economic growth, I think the Reserve Bank is right to say that they are are tasked with keeping inflation under control. And yes, the only tool they've got is interest rates. And yes, of course, interest rates do hurt the economy. But but a, a much bigger negative impact is is all of the infrastructure problems, electricity problems, problems with railways, port capacity. A whole lot of issues that are constraining the South African economy, and and it's quite unfair to to lay all of the blame at the foot of the Reserve Bank. In other words, to blame the Reserve Bank for for pretty much inflation, for low growth, for for the currency. It's just not possible to deal with all of that, and 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 certainly central government has to pick up a significant element of that responsibility from a growth perspective. And there's also no doubt if that growth rate was was a hell of a lot better, then the impact of interest rates would be felt less severe, especially for for low income earners. Uh, there wouldn't be as many job losses, etc., and perhaps we could weather the storm a little bit better. So I think the Reserve Bank is is valid in in pushing back against some of that criticism. Thank you so much for your time, Kevin Links, the Chief Economist at Stanlip.